Well, Happy New Year, everybody, from Forever Bristol City podcast. And it's a Happy New Year winning start for the lads at Ashton Gate because the final score was City 3, Millwall 2. Joining me, as usual, are my Paul Merton and Ian Hislop equivalent, as in Mark and Ian. And uh, I'm in the chair. And if anybody wants to chip in with their comments on text, feel free to do so. And if you want to dial in, we'll give you some uh, airtime as well. Um, I'll come to each of you uh, and let's try and stick to the agenda. Um, and then we do the lineup and individual incidents. But uh, come to you first, Ian. Um, sum up the game in 30 seconds. Just that. I think the good points, uh, three points. We got the team uh, right in the second half. And it's good that we picked up three points because we've played quite a high number of games compared to the teams. There are teams around us with three points, uh, sorry, three games in hand. It puts us 11 points clear of Peterborough for the drop, albeit they've got two games in hand. They've still got to win them to get close. And we've got a better goal difference. So very important win. Uh, great comeback. Shouldn't have been necessary after we copped Team selection up in the first half. Okay, Mark, your your thoughts and uh, this. You had some statistics beforehand. It was first for a number of reasons. Over to you. Yeah, a real tale of the unexpected for Bristol City, where they went in front and actually won the game. Uh, a great start with Vi- with Vyman's goal from Biel- Bielkowski's uh, cough up. Then City went into normal mode, gifted Millwall two goals, but. But a change to the formation in the second half saw City keep the ball better. Han Noah Masengo had a stormer. And Andy Vyman, what a re-signing. Another yeah. a hat-trick at Ashton Gate and City with three welcome points that keeps them 11 points from the drop zone. Happy New Year! Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. I mean, it was also City's first win in the league against Millwall since uh, 2012. 2012. I know we beat him in the Cup. I'm talking exclusively. Talk those stats quickly. And uh, well, I, I asked you to, but I'll mention the ones that I can remember. Uh, and it was also the first time we've won a second half, which um, yeah. again is to be uh, is 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 worthy of uh, credit. I mean, look, I hold my hands up. I'm one of those that said Andy Vyman runs around, doesn't contribute, but he's now halfway through the season with 12 goals. He's well on course to be a 20 goal a season striker. And in line with some comments on here, maybe it's not the striking department where we need to strengthen in the transfer window. Obviously, we come onto the window uh, in a short while, but uh, Ian, the starting lineup, the positive thing, seven members of it with an academy background, but you know, we went a little bit over the top in terms of the young bloods in the team, didn't we? And it, you, you said the side was set up to fail. Uh, and indeed, on the first half, it did. Your thoughts on the lineup first, Ian? Yeah, just to, just to be clear, I said that before the game. Yes. And there's no way that I would have uh, I would have picked that team. But OK, picked it. So you won't be proved terribly wrong. Um, first half, I thought we were absolutely dreadful. Uh, Towler is not ready to play regular championship football at left centre-back. I think he will be, he'll be good, but he needs another season or two out on loan. Um, I think somebody said the other week, I I don't normally track loans, but somebody said the other week he hadn't been playing regularly for Grimsby. My concern over Taylor... I'll just say that, yeah, he was was not 
featuring. He did feature in every early game, but you're absolutely right. And I thought that's why they recalled him, because he wasn't getting minutes on the pitch. And that coincided with Grimsby's uh, drop in form. Now, whether that was a drop in form after he was left out or he was left out because he was part of that drop in form to begin with. But um, no, you're yeah. right. So so on on top of that, where's our £1.6 million, pound, but slightly out of form uh, and looking a bit, I would say the word I'd use to describe his performances have been tired, both mentally and physically. In, in Rob Atkinson, he can't be having a great time. I mean, when he sees Taylor going in the side in front of him, he must think, wow. Um, I, I didn't like the, the shape in midfield. It was too lightweight. I thought Masengo should have started and I think Masengo thought he should have started and he, it, it proved it when he came on. Um, and it, like I say, it was just set up, set up to fail. Uh, second half, yeah, he made changes. I predicted every single substitution. I didn't get him quite the right way around because I had Martin coming on as a third sub. Uh, but the players that went off, I got spot on. Uh, this is at half time. So he needed to do it. He did it. Nigel Pearson gets uh, compliments for doing that uh, at half time. And he gets criticism for cocking it up first. And I think that's just even handed and very fair. Um, yeah. but, and um, somebody uh, said on the forum that for a manager to recognize it, that's a sign of a good manager. You correct your mistakes. But a better manager. Well, yeah, you but, don't make but those mistakes it, to begin with, do you? Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's exactly my point, Dave. Yes, he corrected a mistake and he admitted he was wrong, which is good. But I'm uncomfortable with him being wrong to that extent in the first yeah. half because today I looked at the bench and I thought we've got better players on the bench than we've got in the team. Um, and and I haven't thought that very often this season. I think he got he also got the formation wrong. Yeah. Uh, and he changed that at halftime as well. So, like I said, you know, you know, but as a team, what worries me is that if you look at, at the first half in games, before today, we were fourth in the league. If you look at yeah. the second, we were 23rd, which yeah. tends to me to point to physical and mental tiredness as a game goes on. And that could be because you've got younger players in the side. Uh, I don't think, Alex Scott had a great game today. No. I think he's going to be a good player. I think Ben Aroos is going to be a good player. I think Tyler is going to be a good player. But this is first-team football. This is the and stuff you've got to win. And, it, and it's Millwall. Mark, let me ask yeah. Mark your views on the starting lineup. Did you think, well, it's great that there's all these academy lads there, but Millwall, you know, they have a reputation. They're bullies. They play a direct sort of football. Did you think, oh, my God, this is being a bit too bold? I think it was absolutely shocking. I didn't realise after until I looked at the uh, the team three times that Taylor was in there. So yeah, you know, um, fail to plan, plan to fail again. Unfortunately, because you've got nobody in in the uh, uh, behind Semenya who can tackle. So the ball was just coming through us so easily, and even even James was finding that our players not getting goal side. Uh, of their markers, and it was so easy to pick us off in the first half. After we went, we went one up, and we ju and as usual, we just could not keep the ball. Um, yeah. I still think it's a mistake playing Semenyo as your lone striker. You've got a guy who scored three goals today. Swap in with Semenyo. Semenyo can cause havoc down the channels. 
in a in a in a three four two three one or you know and yeah. a you know four one four one like you play today. Play him uh, on uh, in the channels, and um, he, he will call, he will cause havoc. I mean, we're not playing O'Dowda as a lone striker. You know, he knows that O'Dowda's place is, is wide on the left. Well, so why O'Dowda's doing place it with in my book is not on the starting eleven, but maybe more of that later. Let's get into the heart of the action. I mean, Ian, we had the perfect start with uh, Andy Vyman scoring. You know, we we talk, I talk, and say he's not controlled in possession, but after goalkeeper Bartolowski. Uh, miskicked. Um, that was a composed finish by Vyman from distance because he had Bol- to get Bolkowski. Bolkowski, whatever his name is. But that first goal was a good strike <laughs> by the Austrian, wasn't it? It was a good. Uh, uh, it was a good strike, and I think all his goals were extremely well taken. And, and let's be honest, he could have had another one. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't. Uh, I, as you know, I don't normally criticise. Um, Vyman for his you can't criticize him for his work rate. I did like um a lot of the players in our team, I criticize him sometimes for his closing down because I don't think he seems to run up to somebody and then stop half a yard away or a yard away. And we've all the players in our team do that. If you look at their first goal today, Viner didn't close down. Tyler got out muscled by a bloke about five inches shorter than him in Bradshaw. So th- this is typical of not being, if you will, physically competitive and, and, and just technically competitive. Now, Viner was, uh, was probably running back out of position because I think it was James lost the ball in the middle of the midfield, not for the only time in the first half. And I thought Matty James today was behind the game uh, until the second half when he had some company with Masengo's, uh, yeah. Masengo. Yeah, you're right. I think so he, he was, was covering. He was out, out, outnumbered and outplayed. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I think that, that is, once again, that's a tactical error. So, um, okay, move, moving away from that, I thought Andy Vyman's good. You don't like Callum O'Dowden. I think that's pretty clear. I think the kid could score at trick and you'd say he still didn't have a, have a good game. Um, I like no, no, him I in Pring on the left. Jim. I do actually yeah. like like him in Cam Pring on the left, which is why I play more of a more of a four five one. I think what today showed is that Vyman can play in a role behind, I think he's better behind two strikers than one, i got to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think uh, I, I think Semenyo is is same as Mark. I mean, if I played 4-5-1, as I've said many times, that's 4-3-3 three, three attack, and I'd play Odauda wide left and Semenyo wide right and, and, and Chris Martin down the middle, and then you can play Vyman in midfield. We need, I think we need three in midfield, and if we get the players right, um, I think we could play three at the back. And if all the players were fit, most people would probably pick Callas, Baker and Atkinson. But Atkinson's struggling. Uh, we don't, know, if we don't know the latest on Baker. Well, we don't know if, we're, we don't know if we're, we'll see Nathan Baker again this season, but we do know that he's got a serious injury. So yeah. we can't do that. So perhaps sometimes you have to say, well, yeah, it's not ideal, but we'll make the best of a bad job and see what works. But if you looked yeah. at our performance in the second half versus well, our performance in, in the first, in it, was like a, it was like a different team. Well, classic game of two halves. Um, Mark, the first goal was uh, that the, the visitors scored was from across. Did you think um, Max O'Leary should have done a bit better with that one? It was sort of close range and in the centre. 
I think they shouldn't, shouldn't have let the cross in from Murray Wallace in the first place. I mean, Viner don't get close get close enough, and the ball's just. I mean, it's it's slung in. He's not even. It's it's not even like he's level with the 18, 18 yard line. He's a bit behind that when he crosses the ball with his left. And Bradshaw just makes a late run, and, and Taylor should be covering him. I suppose. Yeah, I suppose you could say the goalkeeper could come out and perhaps clatter him. But it starts with uh, with Viner not getting tight to his uh, to his opposite. And then Fowler just uh, just leaving the guy to make a run behind him while he's flailing, in. And then he, he, he heads it in from about for about a yard out. So, uh, you know, the usual, we, we looked in control of the game, but um, I think Mickey Bell was uh, uh, doing some co-commentary. But, I mean, we just lose the ball too easily, don't we? Just lose the ball too easily. Fair enough, our possession today, Mark, was 58%, which is unusual uh, for us. But that's probably because we... Well, it's against Millwall, it's a direct, isn't it? It's the highest amount of possession we've had in one this season, which is a good thing. Yeah. The penalty, uh, Mark, I mean, no doubt about a penalty. And Riley Towler, at least he didn't suffer the ignominy, if that's the right word, of being taken off like he was at Sheffield last season. And uh, it was noticeable, Benek Afobi, he didn't make a big song and dance when he tucked the penalty away with aplomb but no no complaints for you about the pen it was uh, 100% no we lost lost a ball lost a ball in midfield Ojo just sails past um, Matty James and just pushes a ball down the middle I mean if Obi's not the fastest the best thing the Tyler to do would be to try and get him to go to go wider so at least it makes it harder for him to shoot across the goalkeeper but he doesn't he lunges in there are two players I, f- I think um Two, I don't know the, t- the two players that are, t- are to the right of Fowler, which, which gets him off the hook. But yeah, it was a nailed on penalty. Well, it's interesting you make that point about the players to the right of uh, uh, the right of a phobia as you went through, because the challenge was on the Dolman stand side of the D, which is the mm. right side. Mm. And you would say, well, where were Callis and uh, Viner from that perspective? Too far up the too far up the pitch. I mean, we're playing high up the pitch, and we and we got yeah. we got caught we got caught cold. But yeah, Fowler should have taken him to taken him out to to, to you know to make it to, to try and push him out wide to make it harder for him to shoot. But he did the Nathan Baker lunge, and you know as soon as he went went to the floor, he knew it was going to be a penalty. You just hope that he didn't get sent off. So I mean, yeah. they've got this stupid double jeopardy thing, haven't they, uh, referees yeah. at the moment? But nobody can make head or tail of it. Thank God yeah. he didn't get sent off because that would have been the game gone. But yeah. he uh, just, but pick up, just yeah. did this little step up, up, didn't he? Yeah, I got to pick up on a comment here that Ian's replied on text, and if those that you are watching can see it, Red Zeppelin said, "New Year, same old excruciating negativity, piling on all the stuff that we did wrong." At the beginning, we said, "Oh." Yeah, we were positive. We've talked. Can we discuss the likes of Pring, Masengo? We have. Vyman now fourth top scorer. Give us a chance. We're going through the action, right? And we will get round to talking about Vyman's goals. Yeah? If you don't like it, don't listen. Yeah? Simple as that, right? This isn't compulsory. Yeah? You know, I'm fed up with us being called negative. We tell it as it is. Simple. Anyway, into the second half and the manager corrected the mistakes. If anybody thinks that it was negative to say the side was set up wrong, they know what to do. Right Into the second half and the substitutions made a hell of a difference. Not least Hanoa Masengo coming on. And Andy Vyman, I'll hold my hand up. I've criticised him. So what I know about football then, you might as well write on a postage stamp and have space left over. But the two strikes from Andy Vyman 
were classy strikes, weren't they? And both goals, the technique for the second one, particularly good, wasn't it? And a first assist for Hanoa Masengo. Yeah, I think you could say that's the best 45 minutes hands had for the club. I'd love to see him get an assist. I'd love it even more if he got a goal because I think that would give him the confidence to go and get another goal and some more assists. Um, mm. We've got to get him. He, he's not a holding midfield player as such, uh, but he is a central midfield player. And we've got to get him into the attacking third. And when you have more possession in a game, you do that. Um, so he, he actually gets an assist and a half from me because he slid the ball, lovely pass into Semenyo, made a great run, muscled his way past one of the big Millwall centre-backs who are big but slow. And that's why I was a bit concerned about set pieces. I mean, they, they did win one in the um, first half, beheaded it straight at uh, Max O'Leary. But great work by Semenyo getting across. Alex Scott playing where he should be playing, not right wing back, stormed into the box, almost got the finish. One of their guys cleared it off the line. And then Vyman smashes the ball in the net. Um, so I think Vyman is has got something that most of our players haven't got, and that's the ability to finish. Because... You, you, Chris Martin used to have it. I don't think he's a great finisher now. Um, and Antoine Semenyo isn't a finisher. I don't think his mum would tell you he's a finisher. He's got loads of other attributes. I think he's going to be a real good player. I also think he needs a partner. And when he had Martin with him in the second half, even though he was he was blowing out of you-know-where after about 65, 70 minutes, um, he, he's still physically strong and powerful enough to cause teams problems, but he needs a partner up there. So for me, Martin and Semenyo up front and Andy Vyman in that role, just in behind where he's not going to get man-to-man marked, but he can still make all the runs. But he's yeah. an offensive Going player. back, to, going so back he, to what you said, Ian, about him not being a finisher, there was a great run out of defence in the first half from Calas, came about 15 yards, played a beautiful through ball behind touching Semenyo. Oh, yeah. And Semenyo, yeah. he just couldn't finish. Now, if you, you think if that was a Wells... Or a Vyman. I mean, and the other thing Vyman does, he scores all his goals from inside the, the box, doesn't he? He's a real fox in the box player. But he, you know, apart from I, the first one today, that. yeah, apart from What's the first that? one today. Oh God, yeah, he did score. Yeah, he did score that one from outside. That must be yeah. the only one he scored this season yeah. from outside the area. But, so, uh, so I think yeah, you could Nigel see him finishing Pierce, that, couldn't you? Yeah, what Nigel Pearson needs to do is he's got to utilise the players that he's got. And that, for me, means making a lot of changes next week for the FA Cup game with Fulham, which I honestly, I know some people have got a different view and they're entitled to it, but I actually couldn't care less. I'm only worried about the 20 more points we need to get out of the 63 on offer to keep us in the division. And for me, anything else will be a bonus. So um, you've got to look at what happened, what was good today and say, right, I'm going to do that from, from now on. And and I'm not going to do the, the, the stuff that I thought. And and obviously, he's got his signings lined up because he hasn't got them lined up now. He's in trouble. So let, let's see who goes out. We think Palmer's going to QPR. Um, there's uh, Saiku Jan, who's another lad I might have held on to if, if, um, because he can play in the wide areas if O'Dowd and Semenya were out. Um, but he's he's gone out. So let's hope we've got a few players coming in 
who can play this level now. And that means we can dip the young lads in and out, which which yeah. is the right way to do it, we, rather than absolutely knacker them with yeah. 35 games of the season gone. Yeah. We'll, come, we'll talk again in a moment about the... Uh... The transfer window and possible incomings, but just picking up one point on the window uh, since you mentioned it there, Ian. Players coming in that can play now. I don't think we can afford players coming in that are better than what we've got. It goes back to what we said in a previous podcast: is that you know, do we stick with what they've got? But I'll give you my views in a minute when we talk about the window in in general. Um, Mark, I mean, there we we're, there we are. We're three two up. Um, we were unlucky. Uh, well, lucky. Um, they sh- looked like they could have had a penalty. When was it? Pring sort of took one of their blokes down. A strong appeals for a penalty. Did you think it was going to be Groundhog Day yet again? You know uh, that we were going to concede late on. I don't think we re- we were really threatened though after after that penalty. Well, yeah, we we tried to we tried to play the ball out. I mean, we 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 stopped trying to play the ball out from 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 goal kicks, and then for some reason at the end we decided to do it. And we gave the ball away about four or five times. And I think there was one where Masengo just, I think he, he made a last-ditch tackle after losing the ball. It was a real comedy of errors in about the eight, the, eight, the 88th minute, which ended with Bradshaw shooting across the goal. And, yeah, it could have been, maybe could have been a bit of penalty. But, uh, uh, you know, lucky when we're in the championship, we don't get VAR. Um but yeah, I mean it was a last last ditch tackling. But I would rather we went the, we hit the ball long in those circumstances. Although we, we were wasting the ball long, with, you know, when we were just kicking the ball up in the middle. But yeah, we tried to play the ball out from the back, and we we re- we nearly gave gave an equaliser away when we did look we did look fairly comfortable because I thought that they would load the box and bombard us with uh, with crosses. But really, Millwall seemed to run out of steam today. Um, second half, I was I was quite surprised because uh, we we got that second goal uh, in about you know in the 66 minute, and then we kept the pressure on and got the winner. I mean, that's not something you see from City. You can't, when argue, fall behind. No, you can't argue about that. I mean, it was interesting. No. I had a quick dip into the Millwall forum uh, just before we uh, came on air, and uh, their fans are berating Gary Rowett, saying his substitutions cost them the game and they felt that they should have bought Matt Smith on who looks to be thinning on top does Matt when I saw him warming up but they should have bought Matt Smith on earlier so they could have played more direct and uh, put us under a bit of pressure but uh, he didn't really have a chance to make any effect did uh, Smith I mean individual performances uh, Ian I thought Zach Viner had another decent game today didn't you? I did and and Zach is is that it works for you and against you. It did for Rob Newman for years um, that he can play in three positions. And, uh, you know, we'd have been in trouble today without Zach Viner being able to play right centre-back and and uh, uh, full-back. Mm. Um, so I, I think it, 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 it tells us, one, you know, we need to strengthen that position because I don't think I don't think we'll see Tanner for a couple of months because he's done his hamstring again, yeah. um, and Simpson. I wouldn't be surprised to see his contract bought up and him move on. I know he's good in the dressing room, but as Gary Hour said the other night, you know, if you want somebody like that, then you got Scott Murray down there. Go out and pay a couple of hundred quid and hire a comedian. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't think that, that that's. Um, 
that's something we need. And um, I think Cam Prink, with more experience, I mean, he does some he does some very good things. Cam, he's fit, he looks good going forward. But then he he has got a bit like Zach Viner, he has got real ricks in him. So, um, you know, people are probably saying, "Well, that's younger players," and and yes, it is. And it, some of the older players do it as well. So I'm not knocking yeah. the kid; I'm just stating a fact. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I said the, the other, the last podcast we did, it, we, we did have, we need six, possibly. Now, I can't see us bringing in six in this window. I think we might do two or three and then two or three in the summer, depending on who goes out. And there's quite a few yeah. candidates for the ones to go out. But well, uh, let's, I mean, talk, let's talk about that. that. Just, let's talk about that in detail in a okay. minute, the window. Mark, I just want, I just want to pick another player. Um and Ian says, I always slag him off, even if he scored a hat-trick. Mark, what did Callum O'Dowd do in the game today that was of note? Because, you know, if you look at – he showed a few glimpses the other day, but that's all we see is glimpses. And if you're looking at a side that is defensively suspect and we get muscled off the ball, Ian's used that term a few times, and we were physically weak. Somebody – I was chatting to somebody who – you know, heard me berating him. And he said, well, he's got to have the service and what have you. And he was hugging that touchline, well, in the first half over by the Lansdowne, obviously in the second as well. But what's your assessment of O'Dowda's performance? Let's say that over the Christmas and New Year games that you've seen, Mark, you've seen all three. It's easy for me to criticise. What do you What do you think? And is he worth a place in the starting lineup? Because I don't think he is. There you go. No, I think he is. I think today, I mean, we're playing against a back three, so he wanted to get that ball in, in, in the space behind the midfield players, but we didn't really do it in the, in the first half. Um, you know, we were just, we, like, we, we tend, to, tend to rush passes so that, the, 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 you know, the, the, the passes are too, are too heavy. Whereas if you looked at the QPR game, there was some great, there was some great play with him and Pring and James playing the ball around the corner, and he was able to make use of that and go up against his, his defender. Today, it was just two stop start in the first half. There was no fluidity to our play that, help, that would help him. So I, I don't think that was his fault necessarily at all. And I think he is, he is worth, worth his place. Not, um, not as a wing back. I prefer him in a, in a 4 2 3 1 in, 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 in that three. And I think he does, he does chase back, um, he can cross the ball. Um, he can sh- he can shoot. Although I don't know if he scored any- I don't think he scored any goals this season. Remind yeah. me if I'm wrong. So that's what he-, he needs to sort out. But let me remember we don't we don't make that many chances in games, and that's the problem. The real problem today is in the middle of the pitch where you've got two 18 year old kids, two straggly 18 year old kids, uh, and then two wide men. So it's really it's not exactly the, the you know the, the, like the Maggio- like the Maginot line of the Germans. They just kept going round us. It was easy. You know, it wasn't, yeah. you know, no, it wasn't, wasn't much. To, so, yeah, I think he's worth his, his place in the team, Callum. Yeah, but, oh, we, um, can I think, to differ. we can beg to differ on that one. I mean, again, need stronger you know, players uh, who can tackle him in, mid, in midfield. Well, d- despite having a back three in the second half, you know, some of those players were prepared to come out with the ball and put Millwall under pressure. If they just sit and wait and when we lose the ball, then the forwards are right on top, on top of them like they were in the first half. Then we got problems. But it wasn't yeah. like that in the second half. We we we, we well, closed when, the space down, the, made it hard for Millwall. Yeah. Well, when Thomas Callas brings the ball out and passes it like he did to the, the one to Semenyo. Yeah. If yeah. you remember, he did a very similar thing in the home game we, we beat Barnsley, 
So let's do that some more, Thomas. Not like you did in the second half and welly it 30 feet over everybody's head. But kind of nice side foot pass about, I don't know, was it 15, 20 yards on the ground forward between defenders and Semenyo's dead handy it getting off the shoulder of big, lumpy central defenders. And and it, it, that's exactly what um, a phobie did. He gets off yeah. the shoulder of defenders, he gets in between defenders, and he's a right nuisance, which is why he's, he's changed hands for, what was it, 15, 20, 30 million um, in his flying. career. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, yeah. Had, he, he's had good moves because he's a good player. The only problem you've got with uh, a phobie is exactly the same as a problem you've got with Baker and Williams, fitness. Fitness. I know. And this is a big thing. I mean, I think, you know, have we, Ian, have we got any news on, on Joe Williams at all? What's the latest I'm, on that? I'm hearing, I'm hearing that he might be available uh, for the first, if not the first Fulham game, definitely the second, the league game. Well, that's encouraging because, you know, again, how yeah. does that shape the transfer signings? You know, because if, if, well, yeah. I don't think I mean, it I affects think not... them, Dave. It, it no. doesn't, Dave, it doesn't, doesn't affect them because, unfortunately, and I'd say this if Joe was sat next to me, we can't rely on him to stay fit. No. All right. Let's so, get on to Trump's you know, window. Then, it doesn't. The window's open and, you know, the movement so far, Psycho Jen has gone to join uh, Steve Cottrell up at uh, Shrewsbury. Um, we've got on paper a guy who looks as though he's going to be on course for 20 goals this season in Andy Vyman. Yeah. Um, yeah, agree. We've got a player that is on the bench that could, if he was given a run in the side and nobody came in for him, yeah, Naki Wells. We've got a striker on the bench that could quite easily, if he was picked and I say got a bit of a run of games, we've got another striker in Naki Wells that could come in and bag between six and ten goals in the second half of the season himself. I put it to you first, Mark, and then you, Ian, that realistically, we don't need to sign a striker and to get somebody who's better than what we got it's going to cost money. So do you agree with that, Mark? No striker. Let's look at midfield and defence. If you're going to get a striker in, I think it, it might have to be a, a loan option. Maybe somebody somebody from the Premier League. Yeah, I don't. I think, you know, with inflated transfer prices in, in, in uh, January, it's a no-no. Even if you get somebody from a league below, you know, an unknown, uh, a punt, as we, we would probably call it with, with a P. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think defence, you know, a, 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 a left-sided centre back and definitely a midfield ball winner uh, is somebody we need because, like Ian said, you can't count on Joe Williams if he makes a few appearances now between the end of the season. Let's get him right for next season. But we need somebody. You know, if you could imagine somebody, you know, at the end who, who, who could win the ball playing alongside Masengo, that would make a huge difference to, to the side. He, you know, he could play a little bit further forward, and with the, the sort of balls that he he played to Semenyo today to unlock the defences, he can cause havoc. So, even had a shot on target today. I mean, he hits a yeah. lot of grass cutters, but uh, you know, he, he does make things happen. Plays a, plays a, across across the pitch, shows a lot of energy. But he'd be a lot better with somebody who, who did all the water carrying for him. You know. Uh, and, yeah. made, and made some tackles. We haven't got anybody like that in the moment, have we? No, Nobody at all. Uh, no, that's true. Um, Ian, um, Neil Sutton, who made a very good contribution to our last pod, he's been putting a number of texts on here. He said, uh, Pring had a fantastic second half as a left centre-back. So if you think we've got a unlikely to play again this season, 
Nathan Baker, but then Riley Towler, inexperienced, uh, but then Rob Atkinson, a 1.6 million signing, and Pring, who did play well left centre-back today. As some people have said, should we be going out and buying a right-back and a left-back and a midfielder and just forget the idea of getting a striker? Because a good one's going to cost the equivalent of those three. The answer to that question is we need both. Um, I, I still think uh, we should play... If We've got Chris Martin, who can play as a one or can play next to any of the other strikers. And that's whether you put Andy Weidman up front, he's doing very well playing further behind. So I'd be inclined to leave him there. Don't, But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And um, But the problem you get is what happens if Chris Martin gets injured uh, or yeah. he needs a rest. I mean, he looked better today from av- for having a rest. Um, so I think you do need a centre forward and I think you do need a guy who can play with his back to goal because that's different from what we've got. Really, it greatly depends on who goes out. So, for example, if Palmer, De Silva and Naki Wells went out, it would create an awful lot of room on the wage bill. Now, assuming that one or two of them went out permanently, they would be fees and they would be able to... Um, we would be able to bring a better player possibly in. But I, I think there are players in the lower divisions who can play with their back to goal. They're probably a bit taller, a bit quicker possibly than Chris Martin, who also scored goals. And we've been linked with a few of those. Um, and I can call up some stuff on the on the computer and give you some names. But I think I've, I've, for a long time, I've said the three main signings are a holding midfield player, a creative central midfield player, and uh, a back-to-goal centre-forward who also scores goals. And I'd like somebody that was a threat in the air because I think from set pieces, if we can get our taller players on the field, um, I'd like to see us score a, a, a few goals with headers from corners in some of these long throws we do. But yeah, today... We, we seemed afraid to long throw corners into the box today, In Did you see that? I mean, I've got our well, corners. We, Scott yeah, but, seemed worried about yeah, putting it in the box. You, well, as the game goes on, Scott, for me struggles to get the get his corners above knee height. Uh, and he, he's been like it for a few weeks. And, and Matty James stopped taking corners. And that's obviously an instruction and set pieces. But I put Matty James back on them, to be honest. Um, yeah, but I mean, but if you look at the Millwall side today, they had three centre-backs who were all 6'2", 6'3". And we weren't going to, you know, I, I was very, very worried that we'd be in trouble from their set pieces today. Fortunately, they didn't have enough corners and dangerous free kicks to have us in trouble. But it it, it, it could have happened. But we really, unless you're going to throw Atkinson on, you really haven't got the height to repel that kind of thing now that you've got yeah. Baker Atkinson out. Now, you know, possibly against Fulham, wouldn't it be lovely... Uh, in a cup, would it be lovely to see Robbie Cundy get a game because he's well, been back where training is he? for what's the latest? What's the latest on him? Well, he, he's been back on the grass training for months, so or at least a month, let's say. Uh, so but if if he's getting on for being there, give him a game against Fulham in the FA Cup and see what he does. Cup. But he's a big, it, cent- yeah, he's a yeah. he's a big centre back, he's a big lad. So, so again. You know, so you've said, Ian, you've just said a holding and a creative midfielder as signings, yes? A holding and a creative midfielder. Yeah, I, yeah? well, signings, I, I don't care if they're on loan. Well, in some ways, on loan it, is, 
on loan is if, if on loan it, is better because if if it doesn't go great for the rest of the season and they decide to change the manager, stroke coach, whatever he is, then those players go away and, and the, the new manager's not got the excuse, so I'm, I'm saddled with all these players I don't like. So just, yeah. That's just a simple point. But it doesn't matter what they are, um, whether they're loans or whatever. If we could get two good quality premiership loans in, blimey, me, what difference that might make. But uh, But... The manager has said he doesn't like having loans. Let's let's say we did get them. Then, you know, we've got Matty James, whose fitness is unquestionably strong this season. Hannah Masengo, Joe Williams may be fit. What's his name? Uh, what's his name? Zach Viner can play as a backup midfielder. You know, we're starting to get over. And Scott, you know, Masengo, they're all midfielders. We get an overabundance, whereas the key weaknesses surely are at right back now. And at left back, you know, if you're going to play with a four, because people have been saying players we've got, we look better suited to playing with a three, but he likes yeah. four, four, two. Why, why not go out and get a good left back and a good right back? Why not make a cheeky bid? Cause I thought his name's been mentioned before. Uh, why not make a cheeky, cheeky bid for the guy Wallace who um, was playing for uh, Millwall today? Why Mur- not make Murray, a- Wallace. Murray Wallace. Murray Wallace, is it? Yeah, is that right? Because he looks, mm. he looks a class player. I thought. I, do I don't know. I don't. I. I oh, is is he? Uh, what you got to be careful of? You start bringing in. You've already got De Silva there. You've got Calamo Dowd who's been playing wing back, and you've got Cameron Prick. So if you sign somebody, one of those has to go, really. And you still probably got one too many. Um. So I, I wouldn't say that we need those signings as bad as we need. Because we get people who can create things and keep the ball in midfield, your defence automatically comes under less pressure because the other team have got less of the ball. Um, and, and I think a lot, a lot of the time, a really good defensive midfield player mops up a lot of the trouble before um, it, it hits your back four. That's the problem at the moment. I know Matty James played there today and played a bit deeper, but he... Once again, he ain't the biggest, he ain't the strongest, and he's not—he's certainly not the quickest. So he needs that kind of help. And in terms of having players, like I said before, you can't really count uh, Joe Williams as as one of your go-to midfield players. He's only played right. a, a couple of games in in nigh on two years. Right. So what about what how about, about Backin, Andy? How about Backin, the lad you forgot, Backinson? Backinson forgot him. You know, forgotten man. Ian and Mark, rather, do you think? Backinson's on the naughty step, for want of a better word, at the moment. Well, he's he's out of favour. I don't think he was injured today, so he he was just out of the squad. I mean, his problem is like a lot of players. He, he you know, he, he 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 can pass a ball. He can certainly shoot, but he uh, he 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 has problems tackling. He gets caught and he gets caught in possession uh, a lot a lot of the time. Um, a good a good young player who's who's going to have to toughen up a bit. In the championship, because like most of our players, he's got he's terribly inconsistent. But I think yeah. he's he's somebody you could we 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 shouldn't certainly sell. I think uh, he's got a lot of potential there. Um, you know, if only if only he can show it. But I, I think he, you know, with with you know with us, you know, losing players, I think he's another mid he's a midfield body we'd I'd definitely like to see in the squad, and he should definitely get a game next Saturday against Fulham. You'll see a. You'd probably see at least seven or eight changes for that game, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, easily. Well, he should give Naki. Both, you see, the, other thing, the other thing, though, again, about Fulham, that, and again, probably clubs 
aren't that bothered as we are. We know we're not going to win the FA Cup this year. You heard it here first. Um, you know, if you sell a player, if you play, let's say we play Jade Silva against Fulham next week to give him some minutes on the pitch, and we played Naki Wells, yeah, to give him some minutes on the pitch, yeah? They're cup-tied. Mm-hmm. Do you think clubs are that bothered about having signing a cup-tied player? Probably not nowadays, no. would you think? No. Do you agree with that? No, and I, I think it's... You think of you know about what the you know what the figures the trading uh, you know the figures are for going to be for trading players the transfer fees in the championship I think are just going to be really low. There's going to be no no big deals going on. The only teams that have got money to spend are those ones that came down from the Premiership last season or the season before if they haven't already spent any money. Nobody else has got any money, and uh, there might be a few players you know who, who will be uh, will be going up to the Premier League, but very very few. Uh, I mean, you know, we had a chat on Friday, maybe about Dan Bentley going in as a second choice. I don't think there's any rumour in that, but I mean, he could go as a second or third choice to a Premier League team. But that's all it, it, it would be. None of our players are going to go straight into a Premier League team. And But I just think there's going to be tiny amounts of money being spent. In, because nobody's got any money, we're all, we're all, everybody's brassing, aren't they, at the moment because of COVID? Yeah. So they're going no, to have to use the loan, they're going to have to use the loan market. The loan market is lower risk. There, there, there must be some good young players that are available. Uh, you know, clubs might be on uh, be on loan to teams. They'll bring them back in January, and they might loan them out to another team. You know, it's mm. it's happened plenty of times before, and. Hopefully our scouts are doing their work, and in the next now we've got a fortnight between you know between uh, this game and our game against Fulham uh, at, um, at Craven Cottage. Uh, we can rest a few players mm-hmm. and get the other ones fit. So fingers crossed, yeah. we do some yeah, business. If you, yeah. If you look, Sorry, at, if you look at the loan market, if you look at the loan market, Middlesbrough and Forest have already gone into it and bought a couple of good strikers. Yeah, well, yeah. Con- Connolly, them, Connolly's, them. Connolly's gone to uh, gone to Middlesbrough from uh, from Brighton, and the Aaron Connolly, and they were Forest yeah. signed. They Davis signed. Davis has so- gone gone to Villa. Villa, Yeah, he's been a big lad from big lad yeah, from Villa. Davis has he gone to? I thought Davis yeah. had gone to Borough, haven't he? Davis to no Borough? to Forest. No, Forest. no Davis Connolly. has gone to Forest, right. and Aaron Connolly's gone to Borough. So and both Davis, of those players. Uh, you imagine, you imagine Davis next to Semenya up front, both the same, yeah. pacey, strong. That, that's well, another both way of those doing players, it. Ian. Both of those players, you would think would have been on our radar, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, it, well they'd they'd be, they would be available, wouldn't they? Well, it, it, depe- it depends where we're looking. If we're looking down, no. So Pearson's already said, "Well, I don't like loans." And, and so our people are probably not putting a big list of loan players in front of him. So he's probably looking down. And if he's looking down, no. And he wouldn't want to pay their wages. So Because without, uh, the problem is without loan players, that leaves him very little room for manoeuvring, doesn't it? Well, it does. But then again, it, it, looks, it, it can all change if a player gets sold. But if we sold Bentley, for example, we'd have to go out and sign... Um, a decent goalkeeper. Now, there are plenty about like Premier League reserves who could then be second string to O'Leary. Uh, but we definitely need to go out and get one to replace him. So if we could do that on loan, then it opens up a window, shall we say, to, to bring in um, um, uh, more outfield players. What's this one about Palmer to QPR then? Because I hadn't heard that. Is there any strength in that? Yeah. Yeah, well, apparently someone was um, 
was saying that I mean it's come out from the QPR end as well, so I think there's more likely to be something in it if it's both ends. Um, Elias Chair is going away to the African Nations Cup, and mm-hmm. um, they want a guy that can play the ten. So Palmer's a, a London kid. I think he'd welcome mm-hmm. the move because he, he, you know, he's he's not getting football down here, and I think you'd be able to tell a lot. But he plays against Fulham because if if uh, Palmer was to be playing against Fulham. Um, I would I would think that that move may not happen because he could go out against Fulham, it get injured, and then he's not going to be available for another six well, weeks. I say a lot's going to it's going to be an interesting week this week. Neil Sutton's made a very good point on the text here, and he said the Dyke, I think that's the uh, American striker that West Brom shows the absurdity yeah. of the championship. Now, a relegated team is able to mainly keep their team together due to parachute payments then use those same payments to buy a £15 million striker while two-thirds of the championship are having to write off transfer fees to get within FFP. It's all a bit farcial now as a competition. I think he's 100% right there. 100% right. Well, that's what the that's what well, the review yeah. said, isn't it? The, the, big, the big review has, has, has touched on that. And, and, and that there's talk that they want to get rid of it, but talk and, and actual action are two different things, as we know, aren't they? Well, it's close. It's yeah, just I, people I think FFP. Well, it's FFP are looking to uh, they're they're looking to replace FFP. I just don't think they're quite sure about what with. I mean, I, I'd favour some kind of salary cap based on turnover. So if your turnover is X, you can't spend any more than sixty percent on salaries. But you'd have to have a cut off date. You can't just bring that in. You'd have to have a cut off date in two, three years' time to let players' contracts run out so people could get within it. Uh, but I definitely I stop parachute payments tomorrow. I think they just encourage profligacy when a team's up and they give the teams coming down a completely unfair advantage on the one on those of us that are already down here. Yeah. Um, but and especially in a, in, a, in a COVID and a COVID suppressed market as well, especially it's making it e- even easier. I'd I'd like a cap, but I wonder if any any cap would have to be applied worldwide, because otherwise, wouldn't it make it easier well, no, for, for players just to move why, abroad? Why it, yeah, but they can't all move abroad, Mark. If, if, if they can't all, I mean, some of oh, no, them. It's not saying they can all move abroad. abroad anyway. I'm just saying some could. But they're all they're all skint as well. They've all had COVID. That's why Inter oh, yeah. couldn't offer Lukaku a new contract. And they wanted to sell him, yeah. um, as much as he apparently doesn't like it. Um, so, yeah, no, it wouldn't have to be worldwide. You could do something that was just in the EFL. That that's what that setup's about. And if they said tomorrow, well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna stop parachute payments as of a year's time, mm-hmm. it gives people chance to right. Well, perhaps we shouldn't. Can you hear Ian, David? I think he's uh, in and out there. Yeah, it was, it was Ian in and out. I thought it was me for a minute. Guys, um, look, we'll be back doing uh, a pod after the Fulham game, probably Saturday afternoon. A couple of things I want to raise um, with each of you. Well, Ian, well, Mark first, then you, Ian, ask you the same question. What do you think of the referee today? Some dubious decisions, not quite as bad as... Uh, Andy Davis, but um, good game from the ref today. Yeah, apart from one, when a through ball was played to Semenyo and he was supposedly fouled that one of their centre-backs, he didn't. The player fell on the ball, 
stopped yeah. uh, st- stopped the play, and it, it would have been uh, Semenya would have been would have been through on goal. He didn't touch him. So why did why did the lines? The referee was looking at the linesman, said it wasn't offside. He thought it was offside to begin with. Then he supposedly fouled the, the Mill player. He didn't. Then he was, but the Mill player fouled, fell on the ball, handled it, and that should have been a sending off. I think he wasn't, he wasn't too bad. Otherwise, you know, there was a, yeah, you know, you, you get away with a few things, in, in, you know, a few few dodgy tackles in the, uh, uh, in, in 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 this league. He wasn't Andy Davis. I mean, we've all got a, a hurrah for that. But I think the great thing today is. And you know, for any for the listeners, is City's fantastic comeback from City, totally unlike City, especially against Millwall. You thought there was only going to be one result at halftime, but fair play to them, turned it on his head, and um, um, you know, great hat trick from from Vyman. and that's a great start to the new year. So we should all be very pleased with that. It won brilliant performance, but it was a great second half. So well done, City. Yeah, no, definitely. Ian Millwall, they're a bunch of uh, nasty. Uh... <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. Okay. There we go. There you go. Bunch of nasty, that word there. Um, <laughs> I, I just wonder. Is, Ryan, is, that does rhyme with punt. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder how somebody like Benicophobia, and I think Ojo must feel when, you know, we do the knee and it's not, it's a contentious issue doing the knee, but the away end as one stood there booing, which only made certainly everybody around me increase their clapping with the knee. I mean, pretty disgraceful. And as I say, it shows what a nasty bunch of they are in South East London, you know, just doing that. What what, what was your view on that uh, wholehearted, 100% booing when our players took the knee? And theirs didn't. It can't be nice for Benicophobia, I wouldn't have thought. For, 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 uh, for me, it makes them the scum of the earth. But there's an awful lot of them out there. Yeah. And... Um, Mm. That is it at the moment. That's the good, not to get too political, but that's a lot of what the government's base is made up of. Uh, so the less said about that, yeah. the better. In terms of a referee, eight, nine, nine out of ten. Because if he sends the Millwall guy off uh, for the incident with Semenyo, when he actually gave a foul against Semenyo, so he said he hit the kid over. Yeah. I don't think he did either. But I mean, no. not. I would give it. I would give him a, a nine out of ten because. It wasn't a penalty, uh, Masengo's efforts, but a lot of referees yeah. like Andy Davis would have given a penalty for that as well. And that would have been game over. Yeah. So uh, I think he did very well, the referee, and he's he's, he's fine. Yeah. There we go then, guys. Can, Hopefully can, can I just speak. say one, one thing? On. What you asked Ian about um, the, you know, the, 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 the Millwall fans booing, Rowett, inserting himself into the argument earlier this season, you might both remember by saying that he thought taking a knee was divisive. He said the league's got to do something about it because it's not right, because it's a divisive issue. You know, not everybody agrees with it because of Black Lives Matter. And he inserted himself into the argument about that. So I think, uh, you know, that... Well, there we go. Yeah, well, we said it, their it's fans, not good. They wouldn't. We've said their fans are a bunch of... And he's a... He's a yeah, but they, manager well, as well. But Dave, they, look, look, I mean, I think we they could do something different. I quite like the standing unity that the England cricket club, uh, the England cricket team do. Um, mm. But, I mean, he's, he's, he's stating an opinion. Uh, you call it inserting yourself into an argument. I mean, he's stated an opinion. Um, the people who have decided that it's a political statement are wrong. Uh, but you could say yeah. they're entitled to their opinion as well. And by the way, we've we've been linked with two left backs, so you lads might get your wish. 
and we might we might bring a couple of left backs in. We've also been linked with a centre. Well, I think there'll be some activity. I think if the QPR thing with Palmer's going to take place, there'll be some activity this week. There's no point in it dragging on. And if we've got our targets lined up, then let's go for them now. Or and and and, and let's see what's what. Do you want some names, guys? Another great. Hang on, Dave. Oh, no, that's on, let's, let's, Jake, Jake Bidwell. Uh, Jake Bidwell's Jake Bidwell. one. Neil Taylor's another, and the strikers. Um, Mike Smith, Michael Smith at Rotherham, Cole Stockton at Morecambe, Luke Jeffcott at Plymouth, Sirike Dembele, interesting one, and that's like a shorter but equally powerful and quick version of Semenyo, uh, and Casper Junker from the J League in Japan, no less. So that's the ones I've seen. Oh, and Matt J, who's a winger down at Exeter. We were linked with him in the summer. So there you go. Let's see. Junker, who does, who, what's nationality is Junker? Well, I don't think he's Japanese with a name like Junker, but he does play. <laughs> no, he, I think he's. I think he's. Dan, well, I, I think he's Danish, Mark, and I think he plays well, in. I the thought Gen he Dan. might have been German, and then he could have been bombing down the wing. But let's not go there. Oh, dear, dear. Uh, those of you that know your <laughs> German, the other ones a midfielder called Messerschmitt. There we go. Um, <laughs> oh dear! And a reserve. Well, I goal, thought I told bad jokes. Isn't a good time to win the programme, Fox. There we go. I used to build all those as airfix kits when I was a child. On that point, <laughs> hopefully we've been a bit more positive for our uh, listeners. Uh, they must listen to say that we're negative, so we appreciate you listening anyway. And uh, it's been a good uh, way to start the uh, the new year because at Ashton Gate, a winning start. Uh, let's Hooray. hope we don't end up being 87th in the league of uh, the calendar league for 2022. A winning start. City 3, Millwall 2, we will be back next Saturday. And thanks ever so much for listening. All the best to you all. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Cheers, Nick. I heard a robin this morning. I'm feeling happy today. Going to put my cares in a whistle. Blow them all away. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy. As happy as a king when the red red robin comes bob bob bobbing along along there'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song oh wake up wake up you sleepyhead get up